You are listening to the Lesson She Learned podcast, produced by the Base Agency and hosted by Zania Blue. This podcast is the place where we stop and reflect on the lessons we are learning in life and business. What can I say? It's the messy and the majestic process of growing through your business's awkward phase. Get comfortable as we dive into today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's live podcast episode. I am so excited because we have a lot of really fantastic firsts happening right now in this very moment. So let me start by just welcoming you to Lessons She Learned podcast. I am your host, Zaniah Blue, and every episode we talk about the lessons we are learning in life and in business. I work in marketing operations, helping coaches, consultants, and contractors to do the inbound marketing that they need to successfully attract, nurture, and convert their clients online. And today, we have a very special guest, our first guest on our very first live podcast interview. We have Ed Troxell, who is a business coach specializing in video marketing. He helps industry leaders embrace video and stay current with today's technology so you can finally get caught up and future-proof your business. As a former Apple Inc. employee, Ed brings a unique skill set to the table um, as a sales, marketing, and strategizing systems and processes to teaching the importance of video marketing and really simplifying uh, today's technology. His tips, his tactics are sure to make your marketing online efforts uh, more successful and to actually take them to the next level. I know Ed personally, and when I tell you that he always adds something substantial to the conversation, he's always going above and beyond when it comes to serving people and hearing people. So I know that he is going to add a wealth of insight to this conversation. Let's go ahead and bring Ed in. How are you? I am so excited about being here today. And wow, like, thank you for that intro. That that gave me chills. I, I appreciate you and I appreciate being here for your podcast and being here for all the listeners too. I'm excited. Okay. So before we dive into it, I want I want y'all to know how I found Ed. I want y'all to know how I met Ed. So the first time I had ever kind of seen Ed anywhere, I was in a clubhouse room. There were hundreds of people in this, in this clubhouse room. And I was just like, I was like, oh, what are we talking about? We're talking about marketing. That's it's my space. Let's talk about it. So I get in there and I'm listening and I'm like, oh, who's that at the top of the room, like speaking? And it was Ed. And Ed is in this in this clubhouse room. He's talking about video marketing from this aspect that I had never heard anybody talk about it before. I think people talk about the necessity of it. They talk about the value of it. But he was talking about what stops people. And so a lot of the times when someone's telling you something is necessary, they're just like, go and do, go and do. And, and this is what you need to do. And this is how you need to do it. And in the information age, the how isn't nearly as mysterious anymore. Now it's about that internal process that people have to go through in order to, to really accomplish that. So that was the first time. The second time that I had ever seen Ed after that was when I found myself in a, a mastermind group and Ed was a part of it. And he was talking about his business and he was talking about like the soft internal processes some of his clients have to work through diligently in order to actually execute. And a lot of people will talk to you about marketing all day, but they won't talk about 
when you are a small business or a solopreneur, what hurdles or internal challenges you have to work through in order to even feel competent and clear enough to show up online or regardless, even show up in video, which is kind of taken online to another level. And so I just wanted to thank you because the first time I had ever heard you talk about anything, you were talking about that internal struggle and that internal battle that people tend to go through when we're doing something as simple as taking a tool and putting it in, in application. You were talking about the hesitation of the human. And I thought that was crazy. Yes. So I want to take it from the top. I want to start from the beginning. What, I, and I want us to get to know Ed, because I think that a lot of our, our like where we are now, there were like peaks and glimmers of that earlier in life. And so I want to know when you were growing up, what, what were the kind of, what was your personality, first of all? Because a lot of people think that you got to be extroverted in order to do any video at all. So what, what was your like temperament? What was your personality growing up? Yeah, so let me just tell you that what you see now and the dancing on TikTok and sharing like me, what I would call extroverted here online, is not what you would have caught me doing growing up because I was the shy kid in the back of the room that did not want any attention. And if you called my name, it'd be like, oh, I, yes, what do you want? Like, I was, I guess you could say, a loner, to be honest, I really liked keeping to myself. Um, I'm an only child. And I really, while I, I've always wanted community and love being around people, growing up was more of a challenge for that, because I was mostly on my own. And where I grew up, like, most of the neighborhood kids would, they like, they didn't grow up together it was always a mix of of you know people that moved in and moved out and i remember i was the kid on the block that would be the first one over to somebody's house at like seven in the morning hey are you ready to go like let's go play and most people weren't getting up to like eight nine or ten maybe depending on their routines so i was in that way a little bit more i guess you could say extroverted but i was really kept to myself and like really kept my my group pretty small <laughs> I think that's interesting and I I would say I was the oldest of three and my personality type was almost like because like now I feel like people blur the lines a little bit more they're like introverted and extroverted at the same time so you could be introverted and kind of take those moments to steal away but still have like some extroverted habits or pieces of the personality and so I think it's interesting because we both utilize video um, to promote and, and develop and inform our audiences and, and, you know, kind of promote our businesses. But I think when I just think about myself, I am introverted and I have a lot of introverted habits to the point where doing things like video, doing things like being live requires that I kind of tap into that the way I would engage with people. I would, even though I have a tendency to kind of just be quiet or be to myself, I usually have to decide that, okay, so this is what we're going to do. You know, this is how I'm going to engage. I'm going to, you know, feel energetic. Um, but usually shortly after, however long the interaction is. 
I gotta go, I gotta go recharge. I gotta go, I gotta go get back in the back and kind of like bring it in. And so I'm curious, what, what did you notice that some of your like skills or talents were kind of just like as a child or, or even growing up, uh, maturing into school age and beyond, what did you notice? Like, wow, I'm really good at this. This is, this is an area where, you know what, this is a skill I could build on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I knew at an early age entrepreneurship was already in my blood. Like that was, that was a thing. Um, I grew up with my mom working a full-time eight to five job, the typical, you know, run of the mill accounting jobs and being able to uh, be in that quote, quote, corporate life. Right. And then I had my dad who was more of like the free floating, like, let me do handyman work. Um, he had his own business at one point. I was still too young at that time. But when I was growing up, he was a handyman. And so I liked the fact that he had a flexible schedule and he could do what he wanted when he wanted, sometimes more so than he probably should have. But uh, it was one of those things where I knew that my mom was working really, really hard and the corporate situation was not, it was too stuffy for me. My dad was working hard doing his own business, but it was not my area of expertise. I was not interested in being in construction. I was not interested in in doing the, the hands-on work for rebuilding homes and things like that. And so I knew that I needed to figure out a way to combine the two. And as I was growing up, I always was hanging out with those who were older than me. I was Typically, if I was in a na- my neighborhood, had other kids, um, I was typically the one that they all came running to to hang out with because I was the older one for most of them. Uh, I started selling soda as my first business, probably that I can recall, to kids in the neighborhood because I always had the soda, which I don't drink soda anymore. But back in the day, I did, and I was the one on the street that had the sodas. And so the kids would come over and they'd want to buy. And I think I sent it for like 25 cents or 50 cents a can. And so like, I always had that kind of stuff going on and I just kept building upon that and being able to take the leadership skills that I was learning as I was growing up, taking that mentoring role, that teaching role, and just continuing to evolve that and really be able to hone in on that as I got older And I will say when I was younger, I did get teased a lot. I don't know if I've really shared this with people on on social or live or on a podcast, Um, but being the quiet one growing up and being teased for being different and not necessarily looking like everyone else um, or acting like everyone else you know, that, that does something. And I think we all go through that at some point in our life. And so for me to put myself out there, whether it was just growing up in person and trying to connect with someone, or now that I've been running my business, being on video and being live on video. I mean, I I really jumped into, we're going to do this live video thing. I kind of skipped the pre-recorded stuff. Um, because I knew that that was something I needed to do for myself as well as my business in order to survive. And that's when live streaming was coming out. And so for me, stepping in front of the camera was a big deal. 
And yeah. it was terrifying. And it was all the things that are probably going through your listeners' minds, the your mind when you, when you think about going on camera. Um, it may look like it's easy for us because the other person sees us on camera, they see us interacting, and they think that we're really extroverted. But it, it's different. It Some people are behind the camera. They're the same as in front of the camera. Um, you have to work on your equipment up here. You know, like you talked about in the beginning, I, I talk a lot about mindset and being able to get in that right mindset for you to be successful in your video journey and to be able to create videos that you feel more comfortable and confident with sharing. Uh, because anybody can pick up their phone and, and record a video or hit the go live button. Um, that, that you can do on your own while I teach that it, it's beyond that part. It's what happens before, during, and after that really, really counts and really takes you to a whole nother level, both in your business, as well as in your personal life, because that my friends is what really has grown me over the years is that personal development through this video journey. So I wanted to I wanted to dive into that a little bit more because I have a similar experience. I feel like a lot of kids tend to have that experience. We all kind of experience, you know, the the brutal brutal nature of, you know, children and and, and our peers and we all have our friends and we all have those people who aren't necessarily our friends and we have these experiences. And I think that when you when we get into like the online space and using it for professional um, for professional reasons or using it to go ahead and use it in this way. I think that it's so interesting. And I think the real kind of challenge or somewhat of the limitations, simply because I've had to work through them myself as well. I think my business has been the, a very beautiful catalyst for a lot of the growing that I've had to do, do over the years. And I wanted to lean a, a little bit into kind of just like that, that piece of the story for a minute, because I, I know that for some, social media is usually a place where we are socially engaging. And the, the experience we have in real life tends to, we like to think mimic that online or we would like for it to mimic or like to change the in-person or the real life experience so that there's an online experience that's a little bit more desirable for us. And I think that a part of like the challenge people tend to have is if people respond to me casually, if people tend to look over me in a moment in person, what would happen if I gave the masses that kind of access? And depending on whether or not we see a moment or people or experiences like personally dangerous, I think that starts to play a big part in how we, how we do things online. I know that personally, you, you talking about live in our mastermind, um, talking about live online, I think it really pushed me personally as well, because I had to kind of grow past the, the way I would typically function around friends or around strangers who I don't consider to be customers, and then decide how to function in a place where it still seems to have 
some hinges on popularity. It still tends to have like some hinges on how people see you. And I think learning how to redefine that for yourself or that a little bit of that inner monologue is a little bit of what's required in order to even entertain talking to more people or talking to strangers about what it is that we do. So, so what do you think about that aspect of it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you think about, so I work with a lot of real estate agents and, and coaches and consultants, small business owners, and that always comes up where people are afraid to be perceived a certain way online versus in person, right? Like they're not, when you hear video, it's like, I think there's a lot of mindset from back in the day with video production, right? Is that yeah. video, everything has to be perfect. You have to have your hair, your makeup, your clothes, your outfit, like everything has to be perfect. You, It's a full day full of production work. Mm -hmm. You're spending hours figuring things out and having a team around you and it's expensive. And then, you know, just thinking of all that just wears you out. And yeah. even though live streaming has been around for a while now and video is continuing to dominate across the board online. I mean, in 2022, it's supposed to be all internet traffic is supposed to be over 82% uh, will be video based. Like it's huge. And so when we think about video production now, we still have some of that mindset from before because that's all we've yeah. been exposed to and used to. And so part of my job is being able to help break that down so that we do understand that we can and you should use tools like our mobile phones, our, our iPhones, to be able to create content that doesn't have to necessarily be highly produced, highly expensive with all the bells and whistles and a huge team. Sure, you can do that for certain things if your business model requires that or you would like that, but don't get that um, mistaken for that's the only way. Now you're able to go through and use your phone to be able to create things that you didn't have the power to do before. And so what I always like to remind people and, and those of you who are listening is understand that you have all the tools and resources you need literally in your pocket right now to create your video content, which means you're probably thinking, well, then why do I need someone like you, Ed? And it goes back to what we talked about is being able to help you understand better what to do before, during, and after you create those videos and how you can improve those videos and not only improve the look of those videos, but improve how you feel about those videos. Like that's the bigger piece here is what happens behind the camera. And so what I have with clients that comes up a lot of times is, you know, well, I, I don't want them to see, you know, my messy office if I'm doing a video. So I, I don't know where to record because I don't have a clean space or I, I don't want to do my hair and makeup today because that's just too much work and I'm too busy. And, and all these things and bear with me, but I'm going to say these excuses do come up. And it's one of those things that, again, we have to overcome those. We first need to address them. Of course, address what you're thinking. 
but understand that what I am seeing on video, like what you're seeing right now, if you're watching us is exactly what you're going to see in about 10 minutes when I go to coffee downtown. The only difference is I'm going to put on a jacket because it's going to be cold out, right? Like you're going to see the same Ed that you're seeing right here. And that's how it should be. So understand that the same Betty or Tiffany or Lisa or whoever you are in person walking down the street should be the same person that I see online. I really don't want to see, and, and it's not just me, this is a lot of us, we really don't want to see this huge change in your appearance, <laughs> meaning a Photoshop version of you on Instagram. And then when we see you in person, we're like, wait, whoa, that's you? Like, right. that's not what you're going for. So understand that you are who you are in real life and now bring that online and use video and embrace that. And I will say a lot of agents are moms that I work with mm -hmm. and, and same with business coaches and consultants. You all have your business life and you have your home life and you're going to have kids around. There's going to be messes. It's okay. Embrace that because yeah. your audience is you. They're going to see that and they're going to be thankful for those moments because at the end of the day, we're all looking for relatability, community, and knowing that we're not the only ones that are dealing with X, Y, Z. Yeah. I think there are so many things that I want us to kind of like pull out and, and kind of like give it its like due attention. I think two, maybe three things that you just kind of went over that I wanted us to kind of take a, a take a second and just like look at it and appreciate it. I think the very first thing is, I think that when we're talking about personality and temperament and kind of like, like life or lifestyle and doing what's the most honest and doing what's the most stable and the most consistent for you personally plays such a huge part in whether or not you identify any marketing or any video as sustainable. The moment you have to kind of break your neck because you want to show up well, what you're really doing is reminding yourself, no, this is a lot of work. This does require a lot of investment. This does require the full scope of a team or all of these people to go ahead and execute this. But when you have that piece Ed was talking about, just as being kind of like, constant, um, looking the way you look, saying things the way you would naturally say things, it makes it so that you don't have to put a, as much energy into the performance. You now get to focus on the value. You now get to focus on the quality. Um, in one of the earlier podcast episodes, I talked about how I had to stop performing so I could focus on the work and not not performing as in not being committed to showing up well, not committed to doing something excellently. But I had to stop trying to curate a facade because it makes the work harder. I'm not an entertainer. I'm doing my work and helping people do theirs. And so what does it look like to be able to kind of carry that and be that constant? Because even after they go ahead and consume the live. Then even after they go ahead and consume the video, 
what we're going to end up talking about a little bit later is not just the promotion, but the delivery and who they think they bought from. It needs that person has to produce the, the service. So now you're overly curated in one space and then we get on the phone and, and you're not as polished. All of a sudden you're not as sharp because you sold me someone else. So who is it that I can expect to receive service from? What, what are you teaching me to expect from you? So that was the one, that was one thing that I was like, oh, we might need to, we might need to pull that one out. But one I, I wanted us to even possibly dive a little bit more into is the video for business model and video for business brand. So one of the reasons I wanted to pull this out is because for me personally, I, I know that I have like a very chill, <laughs> like very chill personality. There are certain things like in regular life, I'm probably not going to do even like around some of my closest friends, or even if I were kind of like just hanging out with some professional friends, like there are certain things I'm probably not going to do. I'm, I'm probably not going to be interested in them. And even doing them is going to be like, very off-brand for me in real life. <laughs> and so I think that when we think video, I think sometimes we think entertainment mm -hmm. and there is an engaging aspect to video. There is an impactful aspect to video, but not all video online is going to be entertainment. And if your customer is kind of showing up, um, kind of wanting you to educate them or wanting you to kind of inform them or expose them or help them understand something, while it should be engaging, it's not all trendy TikTok dances. Like it's, it's yes. not all <laughs> vlogs. There are so many different kinds of video to do that are appropriate for the brand you're building. You don't have to do something off brand because you'll go viral to the wrong audience. That doesn't serve you. So could you just dive in a little bit more on yeah the kinds of video for the business structures and the various business models, because I think that's something that's a miss. Anytime I talk to a client and we're talking about video, they're like, yeah. So when I get on TikTok, I'm a dance. I'm like, do you, do you dance in business? Who are you trying to attract? Yeah. Why are we, why, why are we dancing if that's not authentic to the brand? So could you dive into yeah. that a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And that's, I love that you bring this up and uh, shout out to Tabitha, one of my amazing clients and, and uh, over on Facebook, she had talked about, oh, this speaks to me. I don't want to entertain. I just want to let mm. folks know how I can help them. And it's so true. There's so many of us, if you're watching live, listening to the replay, whatever, drop a comment and share that because that's a relatable moment right now. And for many of you, for some of you, maybe not. Um, and so understand that let's just focus on the TikTok situation because that's the hottest thing right now. And so understand that when you are thinking of TikTok, chances are you're thinking of dancing videos. doesn't matter what you say or do. You're just thinking of dancing. If that's not comfortable for you and you don't want to put a video of you dancing online, then don't. Don't, don't think that that is the requirement. Yes, that is what people enjoy. A lot of people enjoy on there. And yes, that is kind of what the platform started out as. Yes. And in fact, I think their tagline used to be make your day, um, which you only saw, this is a fun nerdy fact, but you only saw that if you went to the desktop version, which is kind of mm -hmm. sad because 
everyone uses the mobile. And I think that having some kind of one-liner like that, when you open up uh, an app, can it sets the tone. And for me, yeah. while, while TikTok has other things, which I'll talk about in a second, let's just stick to the actual dancing part. I do go to TikTok towards the end of my day to be entertained and educated. And I love that that was their one-liner. It's not there anymore, but that, that made so much sense and related to me and made me feel good when I opened the app because I knew that I was going to see videos of people dancing and enjoying themselves. So as a viewer, I like that because I like to dance. Now, I'm not going to be the one that we're out in public with daylights, uh, with the daylight, and I'm going to jump on stage and start dancing in front of a crowd. No, thank you. Uh, but you will see some TikTok videos of me dancing. You will see me sometimes dancing in a public setting, not so much these days, but in a public setting. But it's going to be different because I'm not comfortable just cutting loose like that in, in, in public. And so same thing with TikTok you have to see what you're comfortable with. And yes, dancing is a trend on there and I'm sure it will continue to be a trend. But notice I said entertainment and education. Yeah. And so we have to understand that you can do a lot of educational videos on sites like TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you're showing up. Uh, but TikTok is pretty much running the top of the line here in terms of what's hot right now. And somebody brought it up in, in the comments that I was reading through the other day. They brought up a good point that it seems like more people are willing to watch your informational videos on TikTok versus your Instagram reels, mm. which could be the same exact video. But yeah. remember, each platform is different. And yeah. In my opinion, Instagram is very, has this from back in the day still has this very like polished look and it's, it, I hate to say it, but it's more fake. Uh, it mm -hmm. just, it feels that way. Uh, yes, I'm on there and I am totally the same genuine Ed that you're seeing here. And I try to mix things up on there and even LinkedIn, which I can talk about later if we need to, but it's one of those things that it just never feels authentic on tick on Instagram. Cause it's so it's, it can be a very over curated environment unless yes. your page has a very authentic feeling. And then yeah. even then, depending on what's going on, it could also go veer into the direction of too authentic <laughs> in some circumstances or some situations. But I think, I think that's powerful. And I think that, knowing how your brand or your business wants to leverage video um it's so interesting there are brands that are very very well known that are using video also but they're using it a little bit differently and i think two ways that i've noticed um like the use of video and in, in marketing from larger and smaller um, companies are one that any small business owner can absolutely use and it's user generated content and yes. so even as a small business you can be leveraging video 
because your client sent you video because yes. you have this conversation that you guys have had or they have this thought about their experience with you that they absolutely have to share um and i've even seen i think it's I, it's not nature valley but it's a very similar name company um and they were doing kind of kind of having like this not over curated, but like very custom, very designed kind of like video model where they were kind of showing a little bit of the B-roll of the behind yes. the scenes. And some of that, and those are the moments that aren't, they aren't glamorous. It's just look at what you get to see. And I think yep. there's so many different ways to talk about your industry, like kind of come on and be on the screen, maybe for first seven seconds so they know that there's a human here and yes. then giving us b-roll and voiceover um and there are and one of the things that i noticed that instagram wants you to kind of create your video there versus other platforms not being afraid of you kind of editing it kind of making it like a little bit more polished and so if you're on youtube you can kind of put all the bells and whistles on there um maybe if you're on linkedin you can kind of add that professional look and feel because it could be a little bit more of a portfolio space for you if you will but there are certain environments in which the standard for video is different because the currency of the environment is different. And so when you look at video and you're looking at marketing and media overall, I think it's so interesting to see how each platform has decided to play the game because they have their own algorithms, but it becomes up to us to be able to say, this is how I intend to leverage this platform, especially given the things that the people on this platform or the platform itself consider to be very attractive. Oh, definitely. And that's the thing. When it comes to creating your videos, you can use simple things like Q&As, like that showcasing things that are going on. Um, you know, it's really hard with service-based sometimes to showcase things. You know, I'll just use me as an example, like my techie stuff, like most of the stuff I do is on the computer. Therefore, I have to get a little bit more creative with showing maybe my computer and then maybe like this interview going on as a, as a quick little video clip. Um, so it's not impossible. It's just a little different than if you actually have a store that you can, you know, walk through or whatnot. Um, but when you're creating your videos, like Z said, you want to make sure that you show your face. Cause I know a lot of you are thinking, yeah, but I don't want to be on camera. So how can I get around this? Well, listen, there's tips and tricks to do that, but I am going to tell you that I want to see your face on camera more times than I can count because remember people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And if I don't see your face, I don't know you. I don't like you. I don't trust you. Like It just comes down to that. So, and I mean, look at both of us. How can you say no to these faces? Right. I mean, come on. Um, but when you're creating these videos, there's some, like there's some TikTok videos that I have shared on all platforms, but uh, on TikTok, where I'm not dancing. I literally just had posted one a few days ago where I'm going to try to recreate it here. Maybe I'm like this. I'm kind of like this and I'm saying, so you want to make videos, but you don't know where to start. Well, and then I tell uh, a tip on how you create videos from emails that you're already sending. Mm -hmm. But you notice how like I just leaned in a little bit for those who can't see. Um, I leaned in a little bit and then I brought back. And I will say for me, 
I do a lot of standing for my videos. Like right now during this interview, I'm standing. When I'm doing my live videos, I'm standing. Because for me, I'm able to move a little bit. I don't feel too boxed in and, and not when I'm sitting, I just feel uncomfortable. And then I can't move things around to make it a little bit more interesting. Right. And so there's certain things that you can do like that, that can help you shake off your nerves in the moment without looking nervous, yeah. as well as make your videos more engaging and in some cases entertaining. I think that's I think that's powerful. And I think one of the things that that really stands out to me from that is knowing not just what you want to kind of like do on video, but also knowing what your preference is. I think that when you when you feel like a hostage and you're doing a video, it comes across um, when you when you don't really want to be there. It it comes across. And I think one of the things that has had the biggest impact on whether or not whether or not I even allow a piece of video to go live is I could always tell what I was thinking about based on how I'm communicating. Whenever I'm thinking about myself, it's not good. It's not a good piece of content. It's not energetic. It's not interesting. It's, it's even if the, even if the education aspect is there. And I think that one of the big kind of changes that I had to make and that I kind of adopted into my business like mantra is focusing on serving and selling. If I'm thinking mm -hmm. about you, I don't care at all whether or not this is the most polished thing you've seen all day. Yeah. I don't I don't care at all about whether or not I've stuttered at all or or whether or not I've I've misspoke or used a word really quickly out of context. That doesn't matter anymore because I'm thinking about you and I'm going to keep communicating and keep talking until I feel like I did a good job at making you understand what I'm trying to communicate. I think the biggest hurdle that I had to go, go through, and I think that there's a, there's a tendency to want, that I personally have, to want to process everything mentally and emotionally. Yeah. And you can't. There are some things you just have to uh, understand and and just acknowledge this might be uncomfortable I may or may not have the time to unpack this but because this is a business because production can't stop because I have nerves because it takes communication and marketing in order to get the word out it's not enough for me to stop my income simply because I got I got a little nervous and I think noticing the difference between what is dangerous and what is discomfort is imperative here for people who struggle with this, because mm -hmm. there is no implicit danger in your willingness to serve people. But what the discomfort is, is, oh, man, what if what if they uh, have a question or what if they have a question I don't know how to answer or, you know, what if I have technological challenges or oh, I've had some clients that are just like, if I have a single glitch, I will die. Like, and it's just right. like, okay, well, let's, let's adjust. Yes. <laughs> Make some adjustments about the way we think about this. And it's just like, you're not here for you. You aren't even the person purchasing the product. So how clearly can you communicate to your audience to really start to see the shift in this adjustment? But for me personally, deciding to focusing on what it might look like to serve successfully allowed me to pivot content even concepts, the same concept that I use on any other platform that I'm marketing on, I can use the same concept again, but I'm thinking about the vantage point of selling or serving 
on the platform I'm posting on, which allows that content to kind of play up a little bit better. Because what Ed just showed us when he leaned in, when you're on TikTok, people tend to hold their phones very close to the face because it's a stream of highly engaged content. The TikTok algorithm is fantastic. It's the best algorithm I've seen on a mobile application. And it's very heavily patented so it they know what they're doing to the point where they their ads are saying take a break <laughs> their ads what? are saying get off the app that means they know what's attractive and so when he's looking and leaning in that's a very tiktok thing to do whereas maybe a very instagram thing to do would be to say something that hooks you it so that you hear it so that you don't leave as fast. The strategies change. And I think that's one of the big things about what what working with Ed would allow you to do is being able to not just say, I'm recording a video and I'm talking about this, but knowing how to play the game in each atmosphere in a way that's appropriate for the business that you have, the brand that you're building and the people that you're talking to. Because if you're talking to somebody about something intimate or deep like bookkeeping or financials, maybe the conversation is different because we're talking about money explicitly. So maybe our tone is different from something playful because I'm not playing. <laughs> so, so now it kind of changes the way we engage. And so it's not just turn it on. Ed will show you how to turn it on and set it up. But I think what's important and what's really powerful is how am I showing up in this new environment? We assume that it's all one environment because it's all on the internet or that it's even all one environment because it's all in one app where I'll be the first person. I have stumbled into teacher talk by accident. I've, I've stumbled into a cleaning talk, which is one of my favorite places to be because <laughs> it's so educational. And you're like, wow, wow, you really, you really move your refrigerator that often to clean back then? <laughs> really? So you use vinegar that often and you're cleaning formulations. Yeah. I have applied so much stuff that I found works and it also tempts people to try things out. I think one of the cool things about even like TikTok is like, you'll learn something and it's one platform you'll be like, even if they're saying you can't touch your nose and stick your tongue out at the same time, you'll be like, can I? <laughs> and it, it, it makes you curious because the platforms are so intimate in different ways. And I think that's one of the interesting things about video and curation is what it feels like. And so, it, did you have any more thoughts about that before we move on? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's exactly like you said. And I can teach you how to how to start the video right and and where to share it. And that's something you can do on your own as well. But like we talked about earlier, it's all about all the other things going on and having someone to help you through those moments where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. Or I did this, but it was terrible. And I guarantee you, 99% of those times when you say that you can't or that it was terrible, I I can almost guarantee that it was fine. I almost can guarantee that it was fine. And I will tell you, some of the videos, this actually just happened last, I think it was last week, I was doing a, uh, a an interview and it was for an upcoming summit. And so they do little highlights of speakers. And 
it was just a short 10 minute thing, right? I was prepared. I was ready. I'm good to go. And, and for the most part, actually, I don't do scripts for anything. I, I'm just kind of a wing it kind of guy. Um, fun fact, when I was doing my live show in the early days, five days a week, I would probably figure out what I was going to talk about five minutes before the show, and then I would go live. Um, so that's just me though, right? Not everyone can do that, but the less scripted, the better, especially when you're doing live videos. And so we had this live interview and I stumbled on my words and it wasn't just like me stumbling on random words. It was me stumbling on my actual quote job title slash what I do, which I was like, oh my gosh. And it was a zoom. So I I didn't know it was going to be like live, live. I thought it was just pre-recorded and then we can do some edits. So after I stumbled across my words, feeling like a complete idiot, um, they informed me, they're like, so we're going to keep rolling because this is not going to be edited and we're just going to post it. Okay, cool. And we laugh about it. We shake it off. We keep moving. And then later in the interview, I use that as a reference point and as a teaching, just like I'm using it right now. And the host wrote me an email after she had posted it and said that was probably her best interview and, and the one that she had the most fun on. And to me, that just felt good. And it's just one of those moments where in our heads, we feel devastated. It was just like, oh, we messed up. Especially when you mess up on talking about you or your business (laughs) or what, you know, because you're like, you want to make sure it sounds good. And in all reality, it's fine. You're normal. And it makes you more human. And it makes you more relatable. And so... I want to share that with you. And the other thing is, I know we talked a lot about TikTok. I want to make sure that everyone understands this is not an advertisement for you to go on to TikTok. (laughs) It's education. Yes. Be aware of it, but don't feel, because I can can already hear some of the listeners in in their heads right now thinking, I don't want to learn TikTok. I don't want to dance. I don't want another social media app to sign up for. I I get it. I hear it. So I'm going to, because I like to lay things out and just share this with you, I want you to understand that there are so many uh, social media sites you can be a part of. There's going to be very specific industry ones that you'll probably want to be on that aren't part of the major networks. Yeah. I'm going to recommend a couple for all of you to be at least present on. And I want you to understand that when you create videos at least the way I teach it doesn't mean you have to create a video for each individual social media platform. Like there's a strategy behind creating one and making it work for all of them and not taking a lot of time. But when it comes to the platforms, at least right now, at the time of this recording, I'm going to say that you're going to want to have a presence on, I'm going to say it, it's the F word, Facebook. (laughs) Love it or hate it, it's still number one and it's still big and it's still good for business. So we're just going with that business mindset. Oh, so ooh, can we can we pause right there? It's yeah, because that was big. That was big. Yes. It's still good for business. It's still good for business. I think that just real quick, people have a tendency to be like, man, I don't want to be there all day. I don't want that to be my only environment. 
I think the real focus that that Ed is really breaking down for us is not what's the most comfortable thing you can do in the world right now. It's what's good for business. Mm -hmm. And the way that we look at the admin part of work, the unsexy, unglamorous, unmarketable aspects of work, we don't do them because they're fantastic. We do them because they're good for business. And so what what he's breaking down right now is revolutionary. And if I'm going to be honest with you, it's something I grow through every day. It's good for business. Do mm. what's good for business. Mm. I'm like, I'm like ready for a rap song to figure that out. Like so I can do a dance on TikTok for it. Like it's already going through my mind and I would try to rap, but it's not going to come out pretty. So we'll just skip that. Um, so, so we got, we got Facebook, you got Instagram, which if you don't know, or you don't remember Facebook owns Instagram. So it's still there. Um, and then you have LinkedIn, we mentioned TikTok, but again, that might not be for everyone. And then YouTube. Now, yeah. YouTube is kind of just the added bonus because it's not necessarily the same social media site that you're used to when you're on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. I throw YouTube in there because we're talking about video. And essentially, you're going to be creating videos that you're going to share over onto your new YouTube channel if you don't already have one and yeah. use YouTube as basically a storage facility for your videos to be discovered. And it's also mm. owned by Google, which is the number one search engine. So again, there's strategy behind all of this, but when you're thinking about what platforms you should be on and what you should be paying attention, you really need to have an active presence on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and yes, have a YouTube channel to put videos on. If you want TikTok, fine. If you want Pinterest and all these other ones, fine. But understand those are my recommendations there. And I say active presence, which means you're posting at least once a week on these platforms and you're not relying solely on one. And I'll, I'll just touch for a second there, Z, because you you know the trouble that I went through recently with my Instagram account which yeah. real quick for listeners, Instagram shut my account down without any notice. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't do paid ads. I don't spam. Like I literally don't do anything that goes against the guidelines. And I got my Instagram shut down probably three weeks ago now. And when I say shut down, I mean, there's no existence of it. of it. Yeah. There's nothing like you go to the URL, which is still there. And it says this person doesn't exist. That was pretty much seven years of my business life gone. Photos, videos, comments, connections, saved posts. Listen, I do workshops and I do trainings on different things. I like to save posts for examples, thinking that they were safe. I have no access. I can't even log in. And I've done all the requirements to try to get access back. Nothing has worked yet. So I had to create a new account, starting from the bottom, working the way back up, which is a frustrating experience. But I will say, thankfully, I knew 
that this is a day that could come because it can come for all of us. And I didn't run my business solely off of Instagram. And I know this is going to hurt a lot of you who are listening because you may be running your business off of Instagram. You might have skipped having your own website because you're using your Facebook page or your Instagram profile. Uh, you might be skipping getting an actual shopping cart from Shopify or, or whatnot for your website because Facebook and Instagram now let you check out directly on the platform, which is nice, but understand you have to be responsible. And it's very hard because we see these messages from Facebook and Instagram enticing us. So you need someone to come in and say, hey, wake up, make sure that you're not solely making a decision on adding this feature and making that your only way. Because when something happens to your account, you will be in trouble and you will not be able to collect payment. You will not be able to contact your people and you will not be able to see what inventory or whatever else you were doing on that platform. So use these tools in addition to other pieces of your business and leverage them to help get the business out there and shared. I'm super, super passionate about that. And I just had to share that with, with all your listeners because it's important. <laughs> I think, I think what's so, so this actually leads me to uh, what I wanted to kind of talk about lastly, um, because I work in marketing operations, I know that when a person takes a piece of content, any medium, and the person is saying, I'm looking for this content to get me new leads. I'm looking for this content to get me new exposure. Um, usually we look at marketing as if it is explicitly selling. Marketing gets attention. Uh, mar so marketing will attract an audience. Marketing will nurture an audience. And if you know how to transition it, it can also help you convert. But the thing about marketing and marketing operations is that that piece of content is usually a part of a larger system or structure that is guiding a person through a process. And I think another, the thing about what it is that we do and what it is that you dive into explicitly is that, yes, you might be going live. Yes, you might be pre-recording your video and sharing it into its places, but it's a small piece that's a part of a larger machine facilitating the progress of your business. And so I think I think you and I do that pretty well. When I go to um, any piece of content that you uh, post or share, there's a link back to your website. What happens when I get to the website? There's something attractive that pops up and asks me if I'm interested. It's asking me if I want something for free so we can go ahead and exchange information. After we go ahead and work through that, and I get my free resource, you're teaching me, okay, so how do I use that free resource? You're showing me what it is the gap is because a lot of people, they say, wow, you, you teach about going live, you teach about doing video. Oh, wow, okay, so if I use the tools, if you teach me how to get up there, is that all of it? It's no, I know how to have this conversation and I know what needs to happen in preparation for it during that time and I know how to set my business up so that operationally it executes the beginning of a process that allows my customers to not just see me and not just like me but to 
allow themselves to be served by me so that they would be willing to upgrade that serving with the paid offer that is a sale. And so I just wanted you to kind of just break down how when we're looking at this larger pipeline or we're looking at this larger streamline and we're saying, okay, so what is it going to help me do? Okay, so so what be, you know, after I post it, then what? Because then we're looking at metrics, not wondering why we don't feel popular when popularity or just engagement for the sake of engagement is is not useful. And that's why everything that goes viral cannot be monetized. And so could you just go into kind of that piece of it? It's it's yeah. that thing that gets you in my machine of service. Could you break that down for them? Yeah. So you bring up such great points here. Everyone is paying attention to the vanity metrics, we call it. The likes, the loves, the shares, the comments, the viral situation. Yeah. Which maybe that is your goal, right? Like the, I see, and this is probably gonna hurt some people too, but I, I say it with love. I see so many posts on social that will say, I just need 500 more followers, or I just need, uh, 200 more, or I'm close to a thousand who wants to be my next subscriber. Listen, I am all for celebrating big numbers that don't get me wrong, but those types of posts are such a turnoff to me because of this response that I initially have in my head. What does that do for you? Mm. What does having 500 subscribers, followers, whatever your, your platform you're on, you're thinking about, what does that number do for you? What is 2 million followers on Instagram going to do for you? And you may be thinking, well, I, I have 2 million followers. Like they're going to see all my stuff and they're going to buy from me. It, it's great. Maybe. But I want everyone to understand, and this is a little techie, but I'm not going to say it in a techie way, but I want you to understand that almost every platform now allows the user to not see people's posts. And I'm not talking about the algorithm. I'm talking about, I can go to Z's profile and I can say, stop yeah. seeing in my newsfeed. We'll still be connected. I'm still a follower account on her, on her radar, yeah. but I'm never going to see her posts. So it, I want people to understand that piece of it. Also when, especially when it comes to Instagram, like all the platforms have this, but Instagram is notorious for it. There's computer programs. We call them bots. There are a lot of fake followers. Yeah. So one know that, but two, don't get discouraged when you go to someone's profile and you see that they have a million followers and you're like, oh my gosh, I have five. I have 200. Listen, I'm starting a fresh new account on Instagram. Yes, I'm disappointed that that number is so low only because I know that people are going to see my profile and they're going to judge it based off of that number. But you know what? I don't care. I can't control that. I'm going to still show up, deliver, and engage those are my three keys to success. Show up, deliver, and engage that I teach you. And I'm still going to do my work because that follower number means nothing to me. 
what means more to me and hopefully to you as well is are people connecting with my content? Are they connecting with me? What conversations are we having? Understand that majority of people are going to continuously scroll through, see your content, probably absorb it, and keep going. They're not going to take the time to like, love, comment, share, or whatnot. Majority of people. I will say there are some of your diehards who will do that, and we are so grateful for you. We love you. Keep doing it because it helps us. But majority of the people are going to be what I call secret followers. They're the people that are watching, and trust me, they are watching. They're not going to be engaging with you, most likely. And every once in a while, they're going to show up in your inbox, your DMs, whatever. And they're going to say something. Your content really resonated with me. I'm ready to buy. Can I refer you to so-and-so? Whatever it is. And then you're going to be like, where have you been? Why haven't you told me this stuff? Like none of that. Right. And so understand that that that's what happens. So yes, there's going to be disappointment in, in your days when you're not getting those, those likes and the comments and the shares and all the things, because you do all of this work and you're trying to make it work and you get this low reach, reach 20 people, 50 people, whatever, but don't let that stop you from sharing your greatness online and being able to have my camera come back. There we go. Uh, <laughs> be able to continue to show up, deliver some value, your expertise, because people need to see you. They need to hear you. They need to feel your energy, which is why I love video. I love live video, especially because that's what you get when you're watching a video which is why it makes sense that almost all internet traffic is going to be video-based in 2022 because it's popular and it works. And when you put video on, say, your landing page, you're going to have a higher conversion. Absolutely. It's like over Absolutely. 80% on that too. So video is key. And, and we should be more comfortable with video now, given what we've gone through with this pandemic and being forced to be on Zoom, if you never used Zoom before, or being on camera and going through like, you know, the uncomfortable by yourself, we should be yeah. a little bit used to that. And now you need to focus on what's your video plan? What are you going to do? When are you going to do it? And where are you going to share it? Yeah. And once you get that down, then you get into the consistency and then you see what works and then you see where those results start coming in. And again, your goals are going to be different for everyone, but those results, in my opinion, should be conversations because we know that conversations lead to conversions and it doesn't necessarily mean a sale in that moment. It can yeah. mean another connection that is going to get you one step closer to that sale. So like I used to tell people at Apple, when they were worried about my numbers and everything. Don't worry about the sale today. Worry about establishing and growing the relationship because when you do, the sales will come. And yeah. I still stand by that. 
And when I left Apple, I was still number one in sales by a long shot because of that. And mm. they were worried about me in the early days. And it was like, that was in the day-to-day -day process. So we have to zoom out, like you said, and look at that bigger picture and understand that creating a video on an inconsistent basis, probably not going to save your business. It's probably not going to bring in any results, real results. It could, don't get me wrong. It could, but we're going for the long haul here. And we have to understand that there is a process that we have to go through. Seeds need to be planted and we need to be able to continue to do so. So that way we can uh, really get those results and really have those connections that are going to last a long time. I mean, yeah. that, that's why we're here today. And that's Absolutely. how I've managed to have some of my biggest clients is through them seeing me show up on live video consistently and being the top of mind for them when the project came to town or came to mind. And knowing that even after one, like I had one of my clients, one of my big clients, she just saw, well, actually two of them, they just saw a video of mine, one video. Mm -hmm. And instantly they knew that they wanted to work with me. And again, that doesn't always happen. It but can. video builds trust so yes. much faster. Oh, you have absolutely. to consume not just photos, but you now have to consume, consume photos and captions and many of them yes. to do what even one or three strong and clear videos is able to do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's astounding. Yeah, it's and amazing. So I think I think one of the things that is just a big takeaway uh, from this conversation is just understanding there's a super strategic and a very authentic way to leverage video content. And I think that what we've been able to do is talk about it from so many angles that people can start to reimagine it. I think one of the one of the interesting things that starts to happen is with every new platform, we start to kind of reimagine what what that what video or what photo is able to do or should be able to do. And as kind of social media platforms, as well as professional media platforms continue to kind of grow and mature, we'll start to see the new possibilities. But one of the things I, I personally would love to just challenge everyone listening to do is start to decide or start to reimagine what would, if you were to create your own platform, if you were to create your own social media, what kind of stories would you tell? What kind of education would you curate? Like, what would you do to show and expose your value? So the question isn't, can you do it? Or is this person real? It, the real question is, man, can I trust them with my problem? Mm -hmm. Which is really what we are wanting each audience member to say. And also, I want to challenge people to not need family and friends to be in the room. Yes. When we're creating video content as business owners, as entrepreneurs, one of the things we're doing is we're looking to be attractive to the person who is going to want to be served by us. And so the goal isn't for all of our cousins to show support video. with likes. What, what we really want to be doing is saying, you know what? What is 
a triggering or a serious reaction that my, my audience is having. Let me speak to their pain. Let me speak to what's distracting them in a moment and start to let them know, I know you're thinking about this problem in the back of your mind. I know you feel like this problem is hovering over your shoulder, but I'm here to help you solve it. I'm here to relieve that pain. And when you're thinking about not just whether or not you're liked or seen or whatever the case is, but whether or not you show up like a real solution, everything changes. And to take those first steps, Ed literally has put together kind of like this, this kit, this blueprint to help people take those very first steps. Could you, could you just tell the people about that for a second? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and sorry, you cut out for a second. Were you talking about the quick start guide? Yes. Yeah. So yes, I put together a quick start guide to creating better videos. And I say creating better videos because if you're not creating any videos, well, they're going to get better because you're going to start creating them. Uh, so if you go to my website and uh, subscribe to grab that, you'll be able to get that guide, which there's no fluff. It's literally here's what you need to get started so that you can get started on your own today with the equipment and the, the tips, what you need to do. Um, I think it might be two pages. It, it's super clean and simple, right? Um, so if you go to my website or use the link in my bio, whatever you choose, there'll be grab the guide. You'll grab that. The bonus on that is that you're also going to be put on my weekly email. Now, you might be thinking, oh, I don't want another email, Ed. And don't try to sell me in the inbox. Listen, if you have not been on my email list or you haven't heard about it, you'll know that it's not like that. Every week, there's an email that drops minus this next week because this is going to be for the holiday, but we'll be back next week. Um, but every email, is, it's like a magazine. It's really an insider um, digest, if you will, to the industry around marketing, business, tech, and being able to provide you with a, a little bit of a storyline of maybe what's happened during the week, but then also uh, an article, uh, a podcast, a video, a business tip, things that you can actually use to make your online business easier. And of course, yes, towards the end, I'm going to share what I have coming up, whether it's a service or, or whatnot, but it's not me hitting your inbox every two seconds saying, hey, buy from me, buy from me. That's not how I roll. Uh, I really come from a place of serving and providing value. And through that, hopefully at some point we'll work together. If not, hopefully I can at least provide you with the tools, resources, and people that you need to get you to that next step, because that's all that matters. Absolutely. If you are looking to go ahead and one, get that kit, but also go ahead and just have access to Ed. Um, you can go ahead and visit edtroxel.com uh, backslash start dash here. And you should be able to go ahead and tap in and just join his community. If you are looking to be able to kind of conquer the giant of video and really start to use it strategically in your business, you can go ahead and go ahead and connect with him there. If you are looking to grow in 
develop in the back end of marketing, starting to really do the work of connecting the content to the system, I want you to go ahead and watch our free training um, at zaniaeblue.com backslash marketing ops. I think that that work to really connect uh, what it is you're talking about on social to what it is you want to do to serve your audience, both with free resources and paid, takes a system. Ed has a flawless system when it comes to marketing his business, but he really understands and has done the work um, to, to really put those pieces together. So there's not just the standalone content and now your audience is wondering, okay, so what do I do now? You can go ahead and absolutely take those next steps um, and really start to build a cohesive brand with the systems and structures you need to serve and to sell to people successfully. Um, I wanted to ask Ed one more question. Um, the last question for today is, what is it that you feel like would change the trajectory of people's business and people's marketing if they knew and understood this one concept? Oh, well, hands down video. <laughs> like, I mean, at the end of the day, that is, again, where we are and where the future is headed, right? And if I'm helping you future-proof your business, if I'm helping you get caught up with the tech, it's always going to be video. Like, no matter what I'm working on with clients, whether it's helping with the email, helping with tech support, whatever it is, there's always going to be a question that comes up with the answer is video. I'm going to push you to do live, hopefully, but there's always going to be that video component. And it's so, so important because it's the next best thing to you being in person. Yeah. And it's what combine or it's the bridge to our world, right? Our, our reality in, it, where we can walk in reality here on the streets. And now we're trying to do the same thing online. And the only way that we really can do that really successfully is going to be through video. And mm -hmm. That, again, is how people get to know, like, trust us better and can feel more connected with us. And that's also, thankfully, what platforms want from us, too, is video. So, there, again, there's a strategy behind it. But knowing that you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable, step in front of the camera at least every so often and be able to produce videos that don't have to be crazy expensive to do or time consuming and to just be you and show up consistently online. That's what it's all about because that's what's going to attract your audience. And that's, what's going to make you successful online as well as in person, because all the things that you learn, at least that I teach you through video work is what you can take and apply to things in real life for those who are going to public speaking events or who are going to networking events or whatever it is you're doing, you don't have to actually be recording the video. You could be presenting somewhere else or being on a podcast, just like we're doing right here. It helps you feel more comfortable and confident wherever you show up. And that's why I'm so passionate about it and why I really thank live broadcasting because that is where my, how my business has survived all these years. 
I'm very excited. I'm so thankful that we were able to have you here. I'm also super grateful for the timing, uh, the timing of being able to talk about what it looks like to market your business in an ever evolving world where some of our live options, whether it be to distance or for safety, um, they aren't always going to be as available. And knowing and leveraging video in this way being thoughtful about it, being strategic about it is going to be one of the catalysts that that really pr produce an uh, impact in business. And I, I know for sure that a lot of people have had to lean into entrepreneurship, not just because of interest, but out of financial necessity. And when we're talking about financial necessity, and when we're talking about financial needs in business, the fear of doing the kind of marketing that works and the kind of marketing of the future is going to be the thing that dictates or determines your financial stability as a human and as a business. And so really learning how to overcome this or how to simply just include it into the marketing plans that you have right now is absolutely without a shadow of a doubt gonna future proof your business. Thank you so much, Ed, for having this conversation with us. I have here your Instagram. So if you wanna go ahead and stay connected with Ed, you can go ahead and go ahead and follow him on Instagram. Um, if you can see his Instagram handle there, you can go ahead and just type it in. And you can also just click the show notes and you should be able to see all of Ed's information. So any link or any reference that we've dropped thus far, this entire episode are also gonna be in the show notes. And so thank you again. Uh, I'm thank so you. grateful to have had this conversation. And until next time, guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Um, I had a lot of fun recording it and just thinking creatively about different aspects of business and different lessons that we're all learning along the way. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love to see like a quote or a snippet um, that felt that you felt like really resonated with you. Um, feel free to tag me on Instagram at the base agency group um, for shares. And if you have any questions that you wanted to ask, or if you have any topics that you would love to see broken down, um, or even love for us to kind of reflect on as like a case study, we absolutely can. And of course, if you really enjoyed today's episode and you wanted to kind of take your love to the next level, uh, feel free to leave us a review, rate and review, because it helps people just like you who need tips just like these to go ahead and develop their business with clarity and confidence. And so feel free to support just in that way, leaving that review, leaving those stars, and we will see you next time.